to a life-changing encounter with the Word of God, presented to you by Rev. Bright Nkrumah, the senior pastor of the Kodesh Family Church, Bronx North. He is an anointed pastor and teacher of the Word of God, affecting many lives. Now get ready to be transformed by this message. Father in heaven, we are grateful and thankful. We thank you, Lord, for this great opportunity that you have given us to gather in your presence. Holy Spirit, we welcome you. You are our great teacher, our advocate. We ask that you open the scriptures and minister to us. Give our hearts that fertility to receive your word. In the name of Jesus. Amen. May your word come out and let it not return to you void. But let your word accomplish the purpose, the reason for which you sent it this afternoon. We are grateful. We are thankful. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Why don't you clap your hands as you take your seat? <laughs> Hallelujah. Wonderful. Amen. Any case. Well, today we want to continue our message on how to pray, how to pray, and hallelujah, wonderful. Now, but today we are sharing from chapter 7, how to pray with all kinds of prayer. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 18, it says, Praying always, Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 18, it says, Praying always with all kinds of supplication in the Spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. And watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. See, so there are different kinds of prayer, different strokes for different folks, as they say. Mm. Mm. So there are different types of prayers that must be used for different types of situation. Are you understanding? In this life, you will experience a variety of situations. True. But thankfully, God has also provided us with a wide variety of prayer types for different situations. Amen. We cannot adapt one prayer for all situations. Mm. You see, you cannot say the Lord's Prayer, you know, every time. You know, you are eating <laughs> a father, and then quickly you are done. You know, you are, you are driving and you see some accidents happening ahead and then quickly our father would never know. Every, every situation, your prayer is our father. You know, you cannot pray one prayer for every situation. There are some situations where you have to bind the devil. There are certain situations where you have to ask for mercy. Do you understand? So there are different kinds of prayer and that is what we are learning today. Now the scripture is saying, praying always with all kinds of prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching, watching thereunto. Say watching. Watching. Say watching thereunto. Hallelujah. So watching, the Bible is exhorting us to pray with all kinds of prayer, praying always with all kinds of prayer and watching, watching thereunto with all perseverance. Now, watching means to stay alert. Kaba. You understand? Another version uh, of the Bible says to stay awake, mm. to be awake. It means there's a tendency to fall asleep when you pray. Hey. Mercy. Hey. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? Yes, the Bible is acknowledging that there is a tendency for Christians to fall asleep when they pray. You understand? And it means you have to watch, to stay Mm -hmm. awake, to be alert. Mm -hmm. Hallelujah. Mm -hmm. You see, the number one enemy to 
prayer is sleepiness. Oh, that is the number one enemy to prayer. Every day. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? Yes. The moment you set your mind to pray, you fall asleep. I mean, if you are someone who struggles to sleep at night, <laughs> adapt prayer. <laughs> it is a sleeping pill for Christians. Yeah. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? Yes, so prayer is something that comes to face sleepiness. Whenever you set to pray, sleepiness sets in. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Now, when you are praying and you feel sleepy, you do everything to stay awake. That is what you have to do. Yeah. To find and so the Bible says, praying always with all kinds of prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance. perseverance. With all perseverance. Yeah. Hallelujah. Amen. Does somebody understand what I'm sharing with you? Yes. So when you are you need perseverance, it means there's difficulty. Hey. There's challenges. True. That is why sometimes we're praying and we are walking. Hey, Do you understand? Man. Because if you don't walk, you sleep. <laughs> that is why when we're praying, we say that open your mouth and speak. Pray, speak. Because it's hard to sleep when you are speaking, you know, when you are shouting to pray, when you are, but when you are you pray, you say, I'm praying in my head. Have you done that before? Have you done that before? You are praying in your head. That is a bye-bye prayer. You are sleeping heavily if you decide to pray in your head. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? When you are praying and you are lying comfortably in your, in your bed and you have comfort wrap around you, especially on the weather like this, as you are going to pray this um, 10 nights with the king, if you are going to choose to turn your video off because you want to lie comfortably in your bed, you are a bye-bye prayer person. <laughs> bye-bye to sleep. You are going to Bless fall asleep. Is somebody understand what I'm sharing with you? That's right. Yes. So the Bible says, with all perseverance, yes. with all perseverance. Now, that is what we have to understand here. That when something is difficult, it does not give us any excuse not to do it. True, true. The fact that something is difficult does not give us the excuse not to do it. That is why the Bible says you have to do it with perseverance. Persevere, mm. persevere. It means being tired is not enough reason not to pray. You are teaching. Wow. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? That's right. Yes. Going to work all day and coming home is not good enough excuse to say... I came from work, I can't stay up to pray and I'm going to work again, I'll be tired. It's not good enough reason. The Bible says pray with perseverance. Perseverance. That means there's challenges. You must do it with perseverance. You know, the dictionary explanation for perseverance is continued effort to do or achieve something despite the difficulties. Hmm. That means continue pray despite the difficulties. Mm. It says despite difficulties of failure or opposition. So despite the opposition of sleep, opposition of fatigue, and opposition of tiredness that is fighting you, despite these difficulties, the Bible is encouraging us to persevere in prayer. Amen. Amen. So it means that no reason and no excuse that my children work this and so I cannot pray. I work hey. and I came home, I cannot pray. There is no, everyone ought to pray. Amen. Especially during this time that we are going to wait on the king for 10 nights. Mm. You Preach. all should be a part of it. You have no excuse to say, I am this, I am that. There is no excuse. Whatever the difficulty, whatever the challenge, persevere and pray. Amen. Say amen. Amen. You're helping us. Hallelujah. Amen. You ought to pray. Everyone ought to pray. You cannot say that I, 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 I don't have a convenient place. I don't have this. I don't. You have to persevere. You have to persevere. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? Yes. So no one is being given any excuse not to pray. We are all going to pray. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Let me tell you. 
Sleepiness, it comes with prayer. If you don't know. Having a strong edge to sleep, it comes on everyone who is to pray. Do you understand? Even when you have a difficult situation, when you have a difficult situation and you want to pray to the Lord to ask for something, sleepiness can catch you. I'm telling you. Sleepiness can catch you. Look at Jen, um, John chapter, Matthew chapter 26 and verse 31. Matthew chapter 26 and verse 31. You see, here is Jesus. Are you, are you reading with me? Yes. He says, then Jesus, then said Jesus unto them, all ye shall be offended because of me this night. Mm. This is Jesus talking to the disciples. He says, all of you shall be offended because of me this night. For it is written, I will smite the shepherd and the sheep of the flock shall be scattered abroad. Next verse, he said, next verse, but after I am risen again, I will go before you into Galilee. You see, he has a great promise, but he's saying, that all of you will be sm- you will be offended. Mm. But after I am risen again, I will go before you into Galilee. Then the next verse, Peter answered and said unto him, Though all men shall be offended because of thee, yet will I never be offended. Peter said, All men shall be offended because of thee. Yet shall I never be offended. So you see, sometimes instead of praying, we speak. Mm. Forgive. The Lord is saying, it is written in the scriptures mm. that the she- he shall strike the shepherd and the sheep will scatter. Mm. And then you say, you, when the shepherd is stricken, all men shall be offended because of you being stricken. But I will never be offended. This is Peter. Mm. The next verse, go with me. Jesus said unto him, Verily, I say unto thee, that this night, this night, before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice. Three times you are going to deny me. Look at the prophecy like this. I mean, I will run and then just go and pray. So Mm -hmm. Jesus said unto him, Verily, I say unto you, that this night, before the cock crow, you are going to deny me three times. Then Peter said unto him, Though I should die with thee, yet will I not deny thee. Likewise also said all the disciples. They all said the same thing. Only Peter's one was recorded here, you see. But all of them said the same thing. Mm. Then cometh Jesus with them unto a place called Gethsemane, and said unto the disciples, Sit ye here while I go and pray yonder. That means you stay here, and I'm going to go further to pray over there. But you stay here and pray. And then he said, the next verse, 37, he said, and he took with him Peter and the sons of Thunder, the two sons of Zebedee. He took them and began to be sorrowful and very heavy. Mm. Look, they have never seen their Lord like this before. That means the night was a very worrisome night. So he took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee and began to be sorrowful and very heavy. Then saith he unto them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful, even unto death. You see, one thing that we forget is that Jesus was here as a man. Do you understand? Sometimes when we talk about Jesus and we talk about the Lord, we are thinking of God, but he was in the flesh of man. So he said, my soul is exceeding sorrowful, even unto death. He's seeing death approaching. This is the time. This is the night where I'm going to be arrested. I'm going to be betrayed. I'm going to be beaten. And he feels it. The pain that is coming, he knows. So he said, my soul is exceeding sorrowful, even unto death. Tarry ye here and watch with me. Do you see? Tarry ye here and watch with me. And he went a little further and fell on his face 
and prayed, saying, Oh, my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thy wilt. Then the next verse, and then he cometh unto the disciples and findeth them what? Asleep. Sleep. Oh, Oh, for serious time like this. Serious time like this. He says, pray with me because my soul is very sorrowful. Serious. And then he comes back after he had gone a little further to pray. He comes back and finds them asleep. I'm telling you, no matter how spiritual you are, no matter how powerful you are, no matter how prayerful and how loving you are for prayers, if you don't persevere, you don't do something to stay awake, you fall asleep. Mm. It's true. It's true. You fall asleep. Pastors fall asleep when they pray also. Bishops fall asleep when they pray also. Hey. Disciples <laughs> of Jesus, they fell asleep when they were praying. Hey. A rock, a rock was sleeping. <laughs> you understand? The foundation of the church was sleeping. So, is, Jesus said, what? Could ye not watch with me one hour? One hour. Just one hour. <laughs> and some, some of you, this should never be said of you. He says, watch and pray. Watch and pray. That means stay alert and pray. Keep awake and pray. That ye enter not into temptation. Hallelujah. Amen. And this... Ten nights that we are going to have, I am encouraging you all to watch and pray. Amen. That we enter not into temptation. Don't exempt Amen. yourself. Amen. The Lord Jesus is exhorting all of us to watch and pray. Hallelujah. Amen. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? Yes. Yes. Powerfully. So we are going to look at the different kinds of prayer. There are eight different kinds of prayers that we are going to examine in this message so there is the prayer of consecration i love it the prayer of consecration hallelujah amen the prayer number one is the prayer of consecration that's the first one so in this type of prayer you offer yourself to the lord for his perfect will to be done amen realize i said the perfect will to be done because there is also an imperfect will of God. Mm. Do you understand? So God loves his children who want his will to be done mm. in their lives. Mm. Everyone, every parent loves the children who do their will. True. Do you understand? Parents yeah. love the children when they do their will. Mm. And God also loves his children when they do his will. Hallelujah. Yes. There is the permissive will of God, and that is mm. never the kind of will that you want. Amen. That you insist on this and want this and want this, and the Lord says, take it. Mercy. Like the prodigal son, mm. when he wanted to leave his father's house, it wasn't the will of the father. At all. But he left. And so the father gave him his portion of the goods that belonged to him. That is the permissive will of the father. It is never the will of the father that his son will leave him like that. Yeah. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? Yes. So if you pray this prayer of consecration, God will be more likely to listen to your other prayers. Wow. God will listen to your other prayers that you pray to him. Some people know the only prayer is give me, give me, give me. That is the only prayer they know all the yes. time. But there are times that God is not ready to answer such prayers. And he's expecting you to ask for something else. Not give me. Hallelujah. He wants to sometimes hear the prayer of consecration. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? So everyone must learn to spend hours asking the Lord for his will to be done in their lives. Jesus prayed in the garden of Gethsemane for three hours. Three hours, he had only one prayer topic. For three hours. The Bible says he will come and then he will go again and say the same prayer. Let thy will be done. He says, this, if this be thy will. 
in um, 26 verse 39, that's what we said. And praying, saying, oh, my father, if it, is, if it be possible, let the cup, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thy wilt. This is what I want. If it is left to me, and he knows that it is possible with the father. So even that he leaves it politely to him, that if it is possible, if ever it is possible, let this cup pass over me, or let this cup pass from me. Hmm. Nevertheless, not what I want, not my will, but that your will be done. Every Christian must have this prayer of consecration as one of his main prayer topics. Amen. That every time you pray, let you ask at the end, nevertheless, let thy will be done. This is what I will. This is what I will like. This is what I want. Nevertheless, let thy will be done. Pray that God will perform his will in your life. Hallelujah. Amen. Pray that God will do what he wants in your life. Amen. Yes, this is what you want, but pray that the will of God be done. Mm. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? Yes. It puts all your prayers in the right perspective whenever wow. you say that prayer. Wow. It puts everything that you are asking of God in the right perspective. Right perspective. Hallelujah. And that is why it is mentioned here as being the first type of prayer that you need to pray. Mm. Say, Lord, if it is possible, if it is possible, this is the man that I want to marry. But if ever it is possible, let thy will be done. If it is possible, give me this woman. But not that I, not that what I want, but let your will be done. Hallelujah. I love her very much. I love him very much. But let your will be done. And so no matter how much you love the person, if it is not the will of God, then you are welcoming whatever happens. Wow. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? It's too powerful. Sometimes you want a job so badly. Mm. And you want that job so badly. So you pray, Lord, give me this job. You prepare for the interview. You look up the company. You search the company. And you are ready and you ask the Lord, Lord, I need this job. And you need a job. And then you add, nevertheless, not as I will, but let thy will be done. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Let thy will be done. You want this school, you want admission to this school so badly, but ask the Lord to let his will be done. Amen. 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 You see, sometimes we ask God for things and we feel they are the best things for us. Oh, yeah. You understand? When we are asking God, we feel they are the best things for us. But we must also remember that what our notion of the best things for us are, are based on our limited knowledge. Uh... You see, when we say this is the best thing for us, Mm. We are making that assessment based on our limited knowledge. True. And we are limited. Very much. Do you understand? We so. ask God <laughs> to marry a man or a woman as we see them. We are asking God, Lord, give me this man. Lord, give me this woman. And we are asking based on what we see mm. today. Based on what we see today. Oh, when yeah. we don't know what the person will become in the future. We have no idea who the person will become in the future. We have no, you see, and I've shared with you that when anyone wants to get married, (laughs) when a person wants to get married, they always put their right foot forward. It's a leg. leg. You understand? The right leg is beautiful. It is nice. There are no scars on it. You understand? It looks straight. And they shave it. You don't know that the left foot has a lot of scars, hair, it has all kinds of things, but you can see that one. And every time the right foot is in the front. You say, you say to her, Oh, my favorite color is blue. You say, Ha, huh, really? <laughs> this is this is a match made in heaven because my favorite color is blue. You say you like salad. You say, Wow. All my life, the food I've been eating is salad. Meanwhile, she has never eaten salad before. 
<laughs> Are you understand what I'm sharing with you? Yes. You say you like some kind of food and she doesn't know how to make it. You, she, you say that for me, I like homemade food. He says, me too. <laughs> and then when you get married, you realize that there will never be homemade food. Everything is in the can. They open the can for you. They open this. Everything is coming from the can. You eat pizza. You eat pizza. <laughs> you eat pizza and you eat macaroni and cheese in a can. Do you see? And you don't know all of these things. So when you marry the person, and then the left foot steps in the marriage. And then you are in shock. You say, where is this person coming from? <laughs> and then you, you see, you, 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 are, you are so shocked. You say, who are you? This is not the woman that I married. You say, look, the foot was behind me. And now we are back in the marriage. We are fully in the, we have entered the full package. The same thing with men. You know, you, you want to marry a man. The man opens the door for you when you are entering the car. You go to the restaurant. He pulls the chair for you to sit down. You are taking your foot off. He just the first for you. Reverend, don't go there. And then when you're talking to him, he says, oh, you, you don't talk. My, my, my beloved, he doesn't talk much. I don't know. You know, he doesn't even talk. You wait until you marry the man. You see slaps. You see beatings. And then you are asking, ah, where is the man that used to open door, buy me flowers, calling me at work, texting me? You see, and we are choosing this person out of our limited knowledge. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? That is why we need to pray for the will of God to be done in everything that we are doing. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Often we want the thing so badly yeah. that we don't even, we are afraid to say that will be done. <laughs> you see, we want, we want it because you know that as for this God, if I say that will be done and I leave it for him, <laughs> he might change it. <laughs> How can I let this guy go? And the Lord, if I say, let that will be done, he's going to let this guy go. You see, as for God, he's going to change everything for us because he has already said, he says, my ways are not your ways. So why should I even ask him like, that will be done? You see, many of, many Christians don't pray this prayer of consecration because we are afraid that God will change what we want. Oh, what a preacher. What a preacher. Preacher. Are you understand what I'm sharing with you? Yes. Five years ago, you thought the ideal course for you was to become an EKG technician. You thought the ideal course was to become a radiology technician. And then you started, you prayed, Lord, give me radiology technician. Give me EKG technician. Lord, give me this. Give me that. Give me that. Yeah. You could not wait for the Lord to speak to you about any other course. And then you start. And nine months down the line, you realize that's not what I want. You see, okay. how many courses have you gone through since you started school? You start this and then you stop. You start this and you stop you, because you don't let the will of God be done. Mercy. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? Yes. Blessing us. That is why the scripture says in Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 5, it says, trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Proverbs 3 and verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. Don't lean on your own understanding, but in all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. He shall block this and open this, block this and open it, and he will lead you to the right place. And you know that you, when you arrive there, you will know that indeed I am fulfilled. I am happy. I am resting. I am doing this with joy. He says, trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Unless you trust in the Lord with your heart, you'll be afraid of his choices for you. True, true, true. You have to trust him. You are and the one, he says that lean not unto thine own understanding. understanding. Ah. Do you see? He says, lean not unto your own understanding. This is the God who made your understanding. understanding. Mm. He made your mind. He made your brain. 
and he said that it is not good to lean on that. Mm. He said, this, this understanding you have, I'm telling you, lean not on it. Don't mm. lean on it because it is not good enough. enough. Trust ah. me to lead you. The God who made you says that don't lean on that understanding. Mm. And you, by all means, this is my understanding, because you have, you can read and you can write something. Yeah. You, you went to- Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? You will not leave it in the hands of God. It's too powerful. Is somebody understanding? Hilda, are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? He says, lean not on this understanding. Yeah. When you are looking and your understanding is telling you that it is good, don't lean on it. Yeah. Don't lean on it, but trust him that he will direct your path. Preach he on. will direct Preach your on. path. And I sometimes the path that God takes you is not that hey. pleasant. Hey. You see, one day Joseph also was in the same situation. Isaac was in the same situation and he was praying and he was making plans. He says, I'm planning to move in Genesis chapter 26. He was planning to move somewhere. He was planning to take a journey. Sometimes you take a journey into a state because they say that now the job is flourishing in this place. Ohio. Now Wisconsin is the place. And everyone moved to Ohio, Texas. Oh, come, 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 come. There are jobs in Texas. There are jobs in Texas. And then everyone is moving there. We don't pray whether there's a church nearby, whether there is in. You don't pray. You don't look for anything but the job. But God is saying that's mine. That is giving you that understanding. Don't lean on it. Because it's not good enough. It's not good enough. Trust him and he will lead you. So Isaac prayed. Isaac prayed. And you see, there was famine in that place. But mm. the Lord told him, don't leave. Don't go anywhere. Stay in Gerar. Stay mm. where you are. Mm. And the man could see. He said, don't move. Stay in New York. Don't go to Ohio. Don't move here. Stay here. And the man decided, besides all the things he was seeing, his understanding was showing him that there is famine in the land. He said, I will not lean on this understanding. If God says I should not lean on it, I will not lean on it. Mm. And then when he stayed there, I'm telling you, God's ways sometimes they are difficult. And your understanding shows you that they are difficult. Yeah. When he stayed there, the people in the land, that same place, wanted to take his wife from him. All these challenges he was facing. Perhaps he said, look, if I had moved to Egypt, all of these things would not have happened. <laughs> but he stayed there. And the Bible says he sowed in that land. He planted his seed in that land. And the Bible says the Lord gave him increase. And he became great. And he moved forward. That means he, he, he progressed in life. And he became very great in the same land. Let me tell you. When you pray for the will of God to be done, you only become great. Amen. The road may not be perfect because the ways of God, they are like that. There's a place where you come to the Red Sea, but he will see you through. He will take you to pass through the Red Sea. That is the ways of God. God was the one that was leading the people of Egypt and the people of Israel from Egypt. And he brought them to the Red Sea. And it looked like there is no way. But as long as you have inclined and you have trusted in him and you are leaning not on your own understanding, he will make way for you. Amen. He will make way for you. Because your understanding will show you that there is no way someone can cross the Red Sea. There is no way. When you don't have a wild ship to take all the people from the nation, there is no way. And even with a ship, you cannot even succeed getting to the other end. But when they did not lean on their own understanding, just a staff in the hands of the prophet was able to pathway for them to go through. Put your hands together for the Lord. Is somebody understand what I'm sharing with you? So it's important prayer to pray, the prayer of consecration. The next prayer is praying in the spirit. Praying in the spirit. Praying in the spirit. He says, but uh, Jude chapter 20. Jude, I mean verse 20. Jude 1 and 20. He says, but ye beloved. Jude 1, 20. But ye beloved. 
building up yourselves on your most holy faith. Praying in the Holy Ghost. Building up yourselves on your most holy faith. Praying in the Holy Ghost. So praying in the Holy Ghost is the way to build up yourself in the most holy faith. Amen. Do you understand? Yes. You want to be, you want to have the most holy faith of state, pray in the Holy Ghost. Amen. That is what the Bible is saying here to us. Say, building up yourself on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Amen. So what is praying in the spirit? What does it mean to pray in the spirit? The answer is in the Bible, in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 2. The Bible says, For he that, 1 Corinthians 14 and verse 2, says, For he that speaketh, 1 Corinthians 14 and 2, For he that speaketh in an unknown tongue, speaketh not unto men, but unto God. He that speaketh in an unknown tongue, speaketh not unto men, but unto God. For no man understandeth him. How be it, in the spirit, he speaketh mysteries. Hallelujah. He speaketh mysteries. Amen. Amen. So every Christian can speak to God in mysteries. Wow. Ellen, you can speak to God in mysteries. Hallelujah. Amen. You can speak to God in mysteries. Stella, you can speak to God in mysteries. Amen. Amen. Cynthia, you can speak to God in mysteries. Amen. Can I have an amen? Amen. amen. Praying in tongues is praying in the spirit. Whenever you are speaking in tongues, you are praying in the spirit. And God wants you to pray in tongues. It's a kind of Hallelujah. Prayer. Amen. That a large percentage of your prayer must be in tongues. Amen. 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 Now, there are a few reasons why you ought to pray in tongues or pray in the spirit. So one reason is when you pray in the spirit, God directs your prayer himself. Wow. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? When you pray in the spirit, you are giving God the chance to direct your prayer himself amen amen he leads you to ask him for what is necessary because sometimes we don't even know what is necessary for us we don't know what to pray for what we think is good for us may not be good for us because we are considering what is good based on our limited knowledge and our understanding is somebody understanding what i'm sharing with you yes yeah, so in Acts chapter 2, verse 4, the Bible says that the Spirit gave them utterance. Acts chapter 2 and verse 4. Acts 2 and verse 4. It says, And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Hallelujah. Amen. The Spirit gave them utterance. When they spoke in tongues. So when the spirit gives you utterance, it means the spirit is giving you the words to say. Amen. Amen. It means the spirit is enabling you. you the spirit is giving you words to say. Words. Hallelujah. Amen. And you cannot have any better deal than that. That oh. the spirit of God is giving you words to say. Mm. It is a great gift that God has given us. Have you not realized how limited your understanding comes in when you pray? Oh, yeah. Very, very limited. Very limited. Very limited. Very limited. Mm. You begin and you say, Lord, give me skirts. Give me skirts. Lord, give me skirts. I need the skirts. Skirts and blouse. And I need blue and I need red and I need green. I mean, how long can you pray for skirts and blouse, blue and green and yellow and pink and purple? I mean, you'll be done. In five minutes, you are done. Are you understand what I'm sharing with you? Perhaps 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. But when you begin to pray in the spirit, it's unending. It's unending. Hallelujah. Amen. Another important reason why you should pray in the spirit is that it builds up. It builds you up. Wow. When you pray in the spirit. Amen. 
Amen. It builds you up. I love it. First Corinthians 14 and verse 4. 1 Corinthians 14 and verse 4. It tells us, it says, He that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifieth himself. Mm. When you speak in an unknown tongue, when you speak in the spirit, you edify yourself. Hallelujah. Now Amen. the word edify speaks of charging up yourself. Charging up yourself in a way that the car battery is charged. Wow. That is what it means to edify. Wow. So anytime you speak in tongues, you are edifying yourself. Amen. You are building up yourself. Hallelujah. Amen. And we need the regular spiritual charge up. The regular spiritual build up. We need it. Mm. You know, mm. when you rise up in the morning, you need to charge up yourself. Rabat you need to Rabat charge Rabat up yourself Rabat in the spirit. Build up yourself. Pray in the spirit before you step out to face the challenges of life. Amen. And you, when you do that, you, are, you, 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 you realize that you step out with a difference. You step out with a spirit of boldness. Are you understanding yeah. what I'm saying with you? Yes. There is a certain boldness that comes in you when you have been charged up like that. You know, when a car battery has been charged up, if, for instance, you know, a few minutes before you go out, you start your car and you let it charge up and then you turn it off and you come back to sit in it. When you start it on, it just fires. Yeah. Do you understand? It doesn't make that noise trying, trying. You see, so when you are charged up and you are faced with the challenges of life, the enemy comes, there is no trying. You just face him. Hey. Are you understanding? There's no trying with time. You are building up at that time. You don't need to build up at that time. You are charged already. Is somebody understand what I'm sharing with you? That's right. Amen. Amen. So when you charge up and you go to work and someone is troubling you, you just say, peace, be still. That's all you need to say. Jesus was charged up before the storm came. He was charged up. So he was sleeping. And then when they woke him up, the only thing is, peace be still. That's it. He's charged up. It is not now the time that you are going to go on your knees. Mary, Masoket, you are now that you are going to build up. You are charged up already. You are charged up already. So rise up in the morning, charged up before you step out. Those of you who <laughs> sleep all night, all morning, and the only thing you wake up, you're charging up is your shower. Your shower and your makeup is how you are charging up. I tell you, that will not prevail when the enemy of laying off is rising up. When the enemy of, you know, difficulty assignment is rising up at work. Your makeup will not help you. I'm telling you. At all. Your boss cannot even look at your face. <laughs> I'm telling you. But your charge up will make your name register in the heavens and say, hey, know this person's name. Keeping this person. Keep this person. Somebody understand what I'm sharing with you. So rise up with charged batteries before you step out. Hallelujah. The third prayer, the third prayer, the third type of prayer, number three. Is the prayer of faith. Ah, I love Man. it. The prayer of faith. It's a kind of prayer. Okay, so this is a kind of prayer. You see, the Bible is saying we should pray with all kinds of prayer. Okay. So we must know the kinds of prayers that are listed in the Bible. Amen. And that is what I'm sharing with you. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing? Yeah, sharing powerfully. Yes. So the prayer of faith. James chapter 5 and verse 15. James 5 and verse 15. The prayer of faith. Prayer of faith. It says, and the prayer of faith. You see, the Bible is telling a different types of prayer. And the Bible says, and the prayer of faith shall save the sick. Amen. Mm. There is something called the prayer of faith. And the Bible says that kind of prayer, it saves the sick. That means it restores the one who is sick. It heals the sick. The prayer of faith. Doctors and nurses ought to pray the prayer of faith. Amen. Amen. Christians ought to pray the prayer of faith for one another. When your child has a cold, pray the prayer of faith. Amen. Amen. 
Now, what is a prayer of faith? You see, the prayer of faith is a prayer which has a great expression of faith. Mm. It has a great expression of faith. Mm. In Mark chapter 11, Mark chapter 11, let's look at Mark chapter 11. Let's look from verse 12. Mark chapter 11 and verse 12. Here the Bible is teaching us to believe what we have, that we have received already. Let's look at it. Mark chapter 11 and verse 12. Okay. The machine is frozen as well. We have Bibles. So now, those of you who do not have your Bibles, you come to church without your Bibles, you have to listen to me. It's not a good thing to come to church and not have a Bible. Your notebook and your Bible should always be available. Mark chapter 11, and I'm reading from verse 12. Verse 12, it says, And on the morrow, are you listening? Yes. And on the morrow, when they were come from Bethany, he was hungry. Mm. Listen, this is Jesus with the disciples. He said that, when they were coming from Bethany the next day, he was hungry and seeing a fig tree afar off, having leaves, he came because he saw a fig tree blossoming with leaves. Mm-hmm. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? Vivian, do you understand the word of God? This is Jesus walking with the disciples. <laughs> and he was hungry. And then he saw a fig tree blossoming with green leaves. So he happily came that he happily might find anything thereon. And when he came to it, he found nothing but the leaves. For the time of fix was not yet. And Jesus answered and said unto it, No man, no man eat fruit of thee hereafter forever. And the disciples heard it. That is all they heard. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? The disciples heard it. They didn't see anything happen to the tree, but they said they heard what he said. Do you see? So verse 20, verse 20, it says, And in the morning, as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. Mm. This is the next morning. They saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter, calling to remembrance, saith unto him, Master, behold, the fig tree which thou cursed is withered away. He said, look, the fig tree that you cursed yesterday, as we are passing by, we have seen that it is withered away. And Jesus answering, saith unto them, have faith in God. Have faith in God. Then he says something very important. He says, for verily I say unto you, that whosoever, whosoever, that means any of you, any of us, Mm. Mm. not a pastor, not a bishop, not a prophet, whosoever, this is Jesus speaking. Mm. Dora, do you understand the word of God? He says, whosoever, whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed, be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. He shall have whatsoever he saith. He says, whosoever saith, (laughs) you say anything, you see a mountain be cast out into the, into the ocean or into outer darkness and you will not doubt what you say. You shall have what you say. It shall come Amen. to pass Amen. that you shall have whatsoever thou say. And then Amen. he said, therefore, therefore, I say unto you, what things soever ye desire, when ye pray, believe that ye receive them. And you shall have them. <laughs> Amen. Wow. wow. You see, this is what we cannot do. Mm. Now, I want to point out something to you. Okay. You see, you must learn 
that when you pray, when you say something, you believe right there that you have it. Yeah. Now, it doesn't, you see, there may be a lack of time. There may be a lack of time when it shall happen, mm-hmm. but there must not be a lack of time when you will expect it to happen. Okay. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? Yes, please. There must be, there must be, there can be a lag of time. You see, when Jesus was with the disciples and he said to the fig tree that no man shall ever eat of thee, they didn't see anything happen to it. True. Do you understand? But Jesus didn't doubt that he has cursed the fig tree. Uh, he didn't doubt it. He uh, knew that what he has said is going to happen. Certainly. Right there when he said it, he knew that the fig tree was cursed. Nobody but the disciple didn't see it. Oh. And then the next day when they were coming, they saw that the fig tree was withered right from the root up to the leaves. Sure. Withered yeah. completely. Now what I'm saying, you see, sometimes there are some people that I have prayed for. Mm. I mean, there are some people in the church, they were having certain chronic diseases. Mm. They were having certain chronic troubles. And they were, they, were, they were tormented by these diseases. And I pray for them. Do you see? I pray for them. I believe that the moment that I pray, they were healed. But they didn't feel it. And then today, if you ask them, they don't remember when they were healed. I'm telling you. Uh, they, they, they are on this service. A lot of them are on this service. They don't remember. They don't remember that they used to have chronic headaches. They don't remember that they used to have all these diseases, hospitalization, chronic diseases that was putting them in a hospital today, they don't have that situation anymore. Mm. So what I'm trying to say is that when you pray, mm-hmm. what is going to make that thing happen is that you believe that moment that you have it. Amen. Amen. You check yourself. There's some prayer that I pray for you today. You don't even remember when you were healed. You don't remember. True. And you just can just reflect and look back and say, yeah, Reverend, it's true. I don't have this situation anymore. No. This does not happen. You see, that's, that healing, it came the moment. The tree, the fig tree was cursed the moment Jesus spoke. But they didn't see it. And then when they were coming the next day, they saw that it was, and they were surprised. So Jesus said, listen, whatever you say, believe that you have it. You have received it. That moment, and you can have it. Amen. Amen. That is a prayer of faith. Amen. That is a prayer of faith. Are you learning something? Yes. Francis, are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? That when you pray, believe that it is happening. And that you have it. What you have just said, you have it. And the Bible says, if you are able to believe that and not doubt, don't doubt that, you know, don't doubt that I pray or they pray for me about this pain in my in my in my chest and it's still there don't doubt it Mm. believe that you have healing and you shall have what you have believed put your hands together for the lord so that is the prayer of faith and the last one before we close i want to share one more prayer type of prayer with you and then we can close the prayer of confession of sins. The prayer of confession of sins. Teach us, Reverend. So it is important for us to confess our sins on a regular basis. It is very important. I think I shared with you when we're sharing about 100% answered prayer. Do you understand? It is important that we confess our sins always. And any prayer which does not include prayer for forgiveness is not sufficient. It is not sufficient. So those of you, when we start prayers, when we start prayers and you think that we are warming up because now they are praying for, they have not really started a prayer. They are praying for forgiveness and that is like warming up. Let them warm up. And the real serious Christians, we will join when the real topics are introduced. You are missing out a lot. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? Yes. Because prayer for forgiveness is a very important part of your prayer. Say amen. 
Amen. We must always ask for mercy. Mm. We must pray for it. We must pray for it. We must set time to pray for it. Pray for mercy. Because the Bible says, if we say that we are perfect, we are foolishly deceived. Mm. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? Yes. We are foolishly deceived. In 1 John 1, 8, it says, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. And the truth is not in us. Amen. Amen. The truth is not in us. So whenever you say, I have sinned against God, you are demonstrating truth in you. Whenever you are confessing your sins, it is a demonstration of truth in you. Some of you, when we are praying for forgiveness, you don't even want to pray. Mercy. You see, because you think that you have not stolen. You know, you look the whole of this week, you have not stolen anything. The whole of this week, you have not told a lie. The whole of the week, you have not fornicated. Mm. You have not committed adultery. You see? Mm. And you, 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 sometimes you go over your head and say, what sin? What sin should I confess? Have you not done that before? Uh, I think you have done that before. Don't make me like I'm, okay. I'm preaching to people who are not done that before. Because sometimes you have wondered, let us pray and confess our sins, and you are wondering which sin. You know, and then, mm, okay. Uh, then you start speaking in tongues, because you don't even know which sin you have, you have sinned. Is somebody understand what I'm saying with you? But there are sins. Everyone, the Bible says, we have all sinned. We have all sinned. You see, and because some sins are not obvious to you. Your pride is a great sin that resists, that makes God resist you, but it's not obvious to you. Have you ever seen in yourself that, have you said to yourself, me, I'm very proud. Have you said that before? Uh, no. And when someone tells you you are proud, you argue with the person. Yeah. How, how can you say something like that about me? You don't know me. You, you don't know me. That's why you don't know me. That's why you say you don't know me. You don't really know me. But mm. pride is sin that is not obvious. Mm. Jealousy is a sin that is not obvious. You, do you understand? Even when someone says you are jealous, you will say, I'm not jealous. Amen. Man. Are you is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? Teaching powerfully. So certain things, rudeness, your rudeness, for instance, you are rude, it's not obvious. You and you can't you can you some people know that they are rude. I mean, there are some people they know in themselves that they are rude, but a lot of times other people don't know they are rude. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? Yeah. So certain things are not obvious. I mean, evil thoughts, the evil thoughts that cross your mind, hey. the things that you have not done, that you ought to do. Do you understand? They are all sins. Amen. You see, Amen. let me show you something in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 28. Something that Jesus said. I didn't say. And let me see if any of you have committed this sin before. Matthew hey. chapter 5. Is our Bible still not working? Matthew chapter 5 and verse 28. It says, But I say unto you that whosoever looketh on a woman to lust after her had committed adultery with her already in his heart. And I think if you look at the man also, it's the same sin. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? So when you look after someone, I mean, look at this. Even when you are desiring to marry someone, you are lasting after her. You say, oh, this person, if I get this woman, I'll marry her. What is going in your head? Uh, It's a a lust. (laughs) Tell me, what is going in your head? Some thoughts. The woman has not spoken. The woman has not opened her mouth. You just look at her and you desire to marry her, you don't know her. So you can't say that I love the way she speaks. I love the way she does this. She cooks. I like the way this. What are you thinking of? Or you saw the man with a six broad chest, six packs, and six, five, 
and muscles and this, and he has not opened his mouth. You see him get out of his car and then he locks his arm, the, the alarm, closes the car and rolls the key and you are standing there. What are you thinking of? You see, so we all fall sin to all of these things. True. And we cannot say that we have no sin. Do you understand? So my, uh, John chapter 1 and verse 8, John chapter 1 and verse 8, First uh, John, sorry, First John 1 and 8. Let's go back to that scripture. First John 1 and verse 8. It says, it says, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. So why don't you confess your sins? God is faithful and just. If you admit that you have sinned, he will forgive you of your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. That makes you rightful standing, gives you rightful standing before God. Do you see? It brings the truth in you. Because it says that if you say you have no sin, there's no truth in you. That means if you say you have sin, it means there's truth in you. Wow. And then the last verse, it says, if we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar. And his word is not in us. Wow. You are making God a liar. Mercy. So you are telling God that he's a liar when you say you have not sinned. So when we say, let's confess our sins, and you can't think of any sin, you are making God a liar. So prayer of confession of sins is very important prayer that everyone must pray. Every Christian, no matter what your caliber, no matter how many years you have been a Christian, no matter how it was this whole week, perhaps you pray in the morning and ask for forgiveness, and you think that, since the morning, you have just been in church and you have not had any wicked thoughts, no evil thoughts. You have not looked at any person. You have not, there's no sin in you. Confess your sins because the Bible says that we have all sinned. And when we say there's no sin in us, we make God a liar. Mm. Hallelujah. Let us make God not a liar by confessing our sins. Hallelujah. Amen. So we will end here four types of prayers that we have gone through. The prayer of consecration, number one. Number two, praying in the spirit. Number three, the prayer of faith. And number four, the prayer of confession of sins. This is all that time will allow us to share. We will pause here and we will continue next time that we meet. Why don't you clap your hands together for the Lord and let's turn to our feet as we pray. Let's turn to our feet as we pray. Father in heaven, we are grateful. We are thankful. Lord, we thank you for this wonderful opportunity to come before you to hear your word. We thank you, Lord, for the seeds that have been sown in our hearts, the prayer seeds that have been sown in our hearts. Lord, we are grateful for all this direction and prayers that you are giving us. We know, Lord, at the end, our communication with you, our request to you, our prayers to you will never be the same. We give you glory. We give you honor in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Now, with all eyes closed and every head bowed, I want to pray with anyone who is with us right now and you are saying in your heart, Pastor, pray with me. I want to receive Jesus as my Lord and as my Savior. I want to be born again. I do not stand right with God. And this afternoon, if God were to come right now, I am not sure where I will be. I want to pray with you. You can be sure where you will be this afternoon if the Lord were to come, if you were to die today, if the Lord were to call you today, you can make sure where you will be. So if that is your prayer, you are saying, Pastor, pray with me. I want to receive Jesus as my Lord and as my Savior. I want you to say this prayer with me and say, Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for dying for me. I come to you. 
I come to you. Just as I am. Just as I am. Forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of my sins. Wash me with your blood. Wash me with your blood. This afternoon. This afternoon. I invite you into my life. I invite you into my life. I welcome you into my heart. I welcome you into my heart. Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. Be my Lord. Be my Lord. Be my master. Be my master. Be my savior. Be my savior. Please write my name. Please write my name. In the book of life. In the book of life. From today. From today. I will serve you. I will serve you. I will follow you. I will follow you. The rest of my life. The rest of my life. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. For saving me today. Saving me today. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Sing, Sean. have been blessed with this powerful message come and worship with us on the zoom platform with id number 823-299-84436 every sunday at 12 p.m eastern standard time god richly bless you